Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Kahala, and I'm your host. Today, we will continue our series on service and service to the community. We have been meeting with and talking to men and women from the community that have agencies and organizations that serve the people. And today, we have none other than Lady Waveta Granger from Community Lifeline. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for coming. It's such a pleasure. Um, Obviously, we know each other very well. And um, before I get into that, are you a member of a certain Greek letter organization? Yes. I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Yes. Yes. Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Give your chapter a shout out. Delta Delta Omega chapter in East St. Louis, Illinois. Yes. And your daughter is a member of the same chapter, Delta Delta Omega, but she's your ship. And she is. That's right. She is my line sister. Hey, ship. How you doing? So, yes. So we have strong connections um, in addition to being, you know, neighbors yes pretty much yes. and for years now yes. at this point but i want you to come on because of everything your church new life community church is doing and everything that community lifeline is doing so thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having us we're excited to be here well first tell us about you tell us yeah. all about Waveta. Yeah. I'm Waveta Granger from uh, born and raised here in East St. Louis. And uh, East St. Louis has been my home for life. I say I'm a little girl from Golden Garden. Uh, Golden Gardens is a small city in yeah, Centerville, Illinois. Know about that Golden Gardens, yeah. but that's right. That's where, the th- that's where big things happen at. <laughs> no, but um, again, just grew up in East St. Louis. Um, love my city. I love the communities that I've grew- grown up in. I uh, have been educated here in the CIS uh, and through uh, District 189 and a uh, lifelong resident. Okay. Okay. So tell us about your journey. Yeah. So what in your life from Golden Gardens mm-hmm. to where you are now as the executive director of such a dynamic agency that is just helping and healing the lives of thousands of people every year. Tell us how all of that came to be. Yeah. So growing up in uh, Golden Gardens is uh, where I come from. And what I, um, as a young girl, I was very sickly um, and had to learn very early on that um, life had turns and twists in it. And so in growing up and growing up in Golden Gardens, one of the things that I learned is that I had to, I saw my mother go through processes of using social services sometimes in order to get the medical needs that I had um, growing up met. And so a lot of times I would just see her sit back and try to figure out, you know, like, man, I got to tell this story again. I, I keep having to repeat the same story. And so I I looked at that as sometimes it would disappoint her to have to tell everybody that she came in contact with when I needed something 
you know, just the same stories over and over and over again. And so it kind of gave me that compassion piece. That That's what really brought me to this work and uh, wanting to be able to help people, but not traumatize them and do In the harm while, while helping. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so that was very much a part of it. So grew up sickly. Uh, in high school, my mother was diagnosed terminally with uh, cancer. A few months after that, I became, a, well, after graduating, first year of college, became I became uh, pregnant, but my mother was also dying of cancer at that time. And um, she realized, I call cancer for that sake a gift for our family, because what it did was it allowed her to get very strategic about what I needed to know, what I needed to learn, and practical things that I needed to know how to do as a young lady now, and then to be able to provide for myself in the future. And so cancer was a gift for us. It gave us two years, but it gave her two strategic years of being able to pour into and import to me what I needed in order to be a better lady, but then more so a better mom. Mm And that led you to your church. Yes. And then from the years and years of dedicated service and ministry with your church, you and your husband, um, where did Community Lifeline come from? Yeah. So New Life Community Church started in the year of 2000. It was a church plant. And what we found is that people would come often and they would have... um, just basic needs that they wanted met. A lot of it sometimes was about, you know, different things that they simply just needed. And so what we will find is that we're trying to reach them spiritually. But before we could really reach them spiritually, we had to deal with some of the basic needs that they had. And so we started making sure we had things for them for social. One of the ways that Community Lifeline first uh, came into being was through uh, summer programs. We started doing summer programs for children in order to assist parents who were working, but then didn't have anywhere to take their kids during the summer. We saw this summer camp come into like it was 150 kids one year. And we're like, what are we going to do with 150 kids? But we had the space at the church, so we kind of start using that space. But then as we were working with the kids through the summer camp, we found that, you know what? This kid need this. This kid need this. This family needs this. And so then we started trying to meet those needs and then the more we would meet their physical needs, they would also become members of the church. And so we've used that then as an evangelistic tool. And so when we were using those opportunities, it just kind of start morphing into more things. And so Community Lifeline, we were like, okay, we're just going to keep going with it and see where it goes. But yeah, it grew into its own nonprofit. So four years later, in 2004, we started Community Lifeline, a nonprofit for families and residents of our community. There are so many wonderful things that you said in that segment, Mm -hmm. right? And what really stuck out to me was we want to minister, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we can't get exactly in there because there's such a need. And the fact that you were able to not be offended by that. Like Mm -hmm. some people feel like, oh, well, that's the only way, you know, just to minister from the pulpit or within the four walls of the church. But there are so many people that need so many things. And it's not that they don't want to hear, yeah. right, the gospel. They don't want to, It's not that they don't want to, but they're hungry. Yes. Their children are hungry. Their yes. babies had on the same diaper, you know, for six hours because they're rationing diapers. Yes. There are so many life issues 
that go into what we deal with on a daily basis that sometimes it doesn't even have to be directly managed. It could be some advice from your mom. Well, I can't even hear you what you're talking about, mama, because my baby's crying. I, I got to get off the phone because she's hungry. And so the fact that you all were able to be led to say, okay, you know what? Obviously the ultimate goal is winning souls and ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as we do that, there are so many other ways mm -hmm. to minister and let's do that. And then what did you say? Mm -hmm. You met their needs and then they became members of the church. Absolutely. And so many times that is still, that's the way Jesus did it. Absolutely. He fed he them. Took it. He, would, he would feed them. And then they would, why did you do that? What, what, what made you do that? And, and that's the same question people have today. As they go about living life and you meet a need or sometimes just, again, stop and address them from a human compassionate point, then they, they say, okay, now why are you doing that? And then you get to provide that testimony and tell them, you know what? It's nothing but God's grace. And, and that's why I think Jesus was so, um, he wanted us to have a testimony. He wanted us to be able to share our stories because the truth is that's how most of us came to him. And that's how most of us develop relationships by him simply somebody addressing a need that we had, even if it was just a friendship or a relationship. And once that need is addressed, then you say, okay, I'll let you tell me more. You seem like you care. So now I'll let you tell me a little more. And caring is so important. And that's, that's oftentimes the hook. Yes. That's the hook. So where is New Life? Yes. So New Life Community Church is 1919 State Street in the great city of East St. Louis. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and where's Community Lifeline? Community Lifeline is down the street from New Life. It's, now we're at 1468 State Street in the great city of East St. Louis. <laughs> and what are your hours for Community Lifeline? Yeah. Our hours are 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. And we do some weekend work too, but nine to five is our basic hours. Like giving Friday. out drywall. Yes. Because today. there was flooding here in our community. Yes. And today, Lady Granger, before coming, was giving out drywall in the community. So how can we reach you? Uh, we can be reached uh, through our website, which is www.clestl.org. Or you can call us at 618-482-2950. So now we know where you are and we know how you came to be. Yes. Who are your clients and yes. what services do you provide? Yes. So Community Lifeline has been gifted and uh, blessed to be able to serve anyone in both the St. Clair and Madison counties. Uh, the reason why is because we're so close in neighborhoods that we have to be able to reach across the line to serve both counties. And uh, what do we do? Uh, the main point of New Life is to be a family resource center for uh families in both areas of St. Clair and Madison County. And when we say resource center, one of the purposes was to look at around us and see what services were being offered outside of our community. And then to make sure that we brought those services into our community so that we wouldn't always have to go outside of our communities looking to help ourselves. So we offer parenting classes, anger management classes. We do, um, uh, domestic violence, de-escalation skills. We uh, offer uh, job readiness, computer skills. We give away computers. Um, 
We have a lot of different programs that we can also offer. We do family visitations. Grief counseling. Grief counseling, which is how we met. Yeah, which is how we met. I remember that. Yes. And that's a big thing now. A lot of times we've... uh, the grief counseling and especially with the domestic violence and just violence in our community and people needing uh, healing from homicide. So that's another piece that we recently offered uh, counseling services for those who have been uh, traumatically affected, but then also homicide uh, counseling for families who are left to deal with when they didn't get a chance to say goodbye sometimes too. Okay. So who can apply for your services or who can come? So are there, you know, age parameters or there income parameters? Who can come to Community Lifeline and say, I need help and receive services? So our main target is uh, anyone over the age of 18. And it can be both male and female. We will service both. The uh, We do have a strong partnership with School District 189 that we can also refer youth back to their, some of the services that they offer. But uh, we service the whole community. We are a family resource center, definitely. Okay. I know that, um, like you said, we've been saying we have a relationship. And I know that I frequently because I have like 8,000 kids. I frequently give gently used clothes when my children outgrow them and many of them still have tags on them and a bunch of other stuff. And so I donate. Is that, you know, is that something that you are welcome? Is that something that helps build your resources or how are you able to service two counties? Right. St. Clair County for the longest was the eighth largest county in the state. And Madison was right behind in number nine. I'm not sure what the 2020 census numbers are, but we we jockey back and forth with sister counties. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people. So how are you able to serve at the level of excellence that you do? So many people. Yeah. Again, from uh, generous people like yourself. Again, she's being very humble. She drops off bags of stuff uh, maybe almost every other month. But again, generous people like yourself. And what we do is, again, sometimes families don't have access. And so those things that, again, was gently used to us or still with tags on it for us, again, becomes another lifeline for them. And it just, again, to sometimes to see... Uh, children get those items and see how their faces light up, you know, just the toys and the things like that. It is such a joy. But again, we've just been blessed. I will say that the community donations have been generous to us. People are always pouring into us and always giving. And so it's always a pleasure to be uh, able to give out. And uh, people always spreading the news. So we're always getting messages about come pick up this we got this can we drop it off and so it works and so people have just been generous very generous awesome and you mentioned the children and how their faces light up you all recently had a Mm pop-up tell us about that Mm -hmm. in washington park yeah yeah so again one of the ways that we're trying to do some violence interruption work is to provide safe places for families and so periodically we say at least once a quarter we want to go out to the community we want to be able to take community uh services and uh, resources to the community and then be able to provide a fun opportunity for them so we have this trailer that is about 20 feet long it's it has a grill and everything in it but then it also has the um 
bounce houses, the popcorn, snow cones, and all those other kind of machines that we take those things to that community and we just have a pop-up party. We just have a party for that community or that neighborhood. The only thing that we ask is that that neighborhood have volunteers there to help serve with us. That is amazing. And again, the ideas and the downloads that you get as the Lord assists you in being able to do ministry because there are just so many things that you all have done so many partnerships that you all have come together with that I'm just like, that is amazing. Because again, the pop-up was something that I had never seen because you have the pop-up shops and you know, you whatever. But the fact that a house of faith said, you know, we're going to take our community center and we're going to take our snow cone machines and our everything. And we're going to go out to a community and we are just going to pop up and welcome all the children to be able to come and put a smile on your face today with a snow cone, put some popcorn in your belly, you know, and then it brings the parents out. And again, another opportunity to minister. These people care. Like they didn't have to, like we've never had somebody just pop up giving out snow cones in our neighborhood. I'm 45 years old and this has never happened. But again, as we evolve in service, Mm -hmm. we have to come up with ways to be able to reach people no matter what. And it's just not the same. Like we've discussed in, in other episodes, it's not what we, I graduated from Lincoln, 189. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Right. And to be able to reach people where they are today in a pandemic mm-hmm. with everything that's going on in the world, to be able to say, okay, we coming out, we gonna have some fun. And then they show up at church tomorrow. Yes. I'll always looking for an evangelistic reach back into the community. But also I think what that pop-up did, did does too is that we allow other organizations to use it. And again, what I found is that a lot of times we spent a lot of money and a lot of resources trying to rent things that we could purchase for ourselves, have in our community that we can share. And it's just, it becomes something that we own and that we can share and that we can use to service our community. And so we, we ask that other nonprofits or other organizations that want to use the machine, you just call us, schedule it. We'll pull the trailer up. You have to have the volunteers there ready to work, but it's a way for us to have a resource for our community. So at any point in time, we could throw a full event from that trailer and, and serve our community. And that's what, I know that for a fact that once we get back to the neighbor instead of just the hood and we start calling it the neighborhood again, I know that the more we spend time with each other, the more we get to know each other for real, we'll start caring about what happens to our neighbors next door. And so I believe that that is one of the most powerful violence prevention strategies for our community. And that is amazing because when we had our voter registration drive, our very first we're trying to do it annually. And you and I met when I was dropping off <laughs> when I was dropping off some clothes. And we discussed the importance of voter registration and how even your congregation and your community around Community Lifeline can be reached, particularly the young people. And we're having a conversation and you're like, oh, I have snow cone machines. And oh, I and I'm like, oh my goodness. So yes, we used because we already had a contract. But next year, we're calling on Community Lifeline. And then even though you didn't bring, it wasn't about the snow cones. It was about, oh, I would love to partner. Yes. And because this is important. Yes. Because in addition to 
what we discuss in the four walls of the church and what we evangelize gospel wise in the street, there's an entire life here on earth that we have to operate in and we are not being heard. So you immediately were like, well, Kyla, what can we do? How can we get involved? And thank you so much for your sponsorship of our, not our black party, but of our community festival, because again, stuff like that is so important. And you, again, have all the resources for, like you said, the community to come together and use what we have. Yes. And that's very important. And with that being said, let's have a little bit of a conversation. Let's pivot a little bit and have a brief conversation about why you believe that voter registration moving into this next election season is really important. Yeah. I think somewhere down the line, we've lost uh, the youth voice. And I think that, uh, again, youth don't understand the power of their voice. And a lot of times what I've learned is that when talking to young people, they think that just the presidential election matters. And so although that is an important election, that's not the most important because most of us are affected by what's going to happen in our community on, you know, so those odd year elections or those off year election matters just as much. But I think, again, we have to go back to so many rights were uh, fought for, mm -hmm. and I'm afraid that we are slowly losing them because we don't understand the importance of what happened, but we're seeing the effects of what happened. And I, I'm hoping that we can get this uh, message going forward so that we don't look up and it's too late. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we're right in next to Missouri and I, you know, Everything is yes, it's, it's happening so fast though in Missouri with dialing things back. And I, I'm afraid that if we don't wake up, we'll be dialed back some years that we can't get back. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we won't be able to, to gain it back or it'll be two years before you can try to snatch it back or it'll be four years before you can snatch right. it back. And then where are you two or four years later? Yes. Cause you're already in a bad situation and you're, watching the clock, hoping that the two years or four years pass, but there are every day that you wake up, there's a day of change and things that are going on in your world. And you want to make sure that people like Latoya and people mm -hmm. like Senator Bell, you mm -hmm. know, and Representative Greenwood, that they're on the ballot in November. Yes. And we want people, we're not just going to say, oh, this is who you should you should vote. Right. And that's what's important. Making sure that you're voting, making sure that your voice is being heard, making sure that you're educated and informed. And like you said, your heart for voter registration is in that 18 to 25 group. Yes. And that's a very important group of people because now with the legislation that Senator Bell and, and Representative Greenwood, now you have to be allowed to vote during the school day. Mm-hmm. You know, they, this particular state that we are in is big on voting rights yes. and not suppression and making sure that here. So if we're here, if we live here, we don't live in these other places. Let's make the best of the circumstances that we've been blessed with that we don't have. But we can vote by mail. Yes. We can vote early. We can vote. You know, you can register and vote. I keep saying it and I will say it till I'm blue in the face. You can vote register on November 8th in mm -hmm. person, mm -hmm. has to be in person, and then you can vote yes. on November 8th. So we don't have excuses anymore. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure that we are doing everything we can to be informed and mobilized. And that is what this is all about. And I think that one of the things when I remember when I turned 18, it was a family 
you going to vote. It was oh. done. It was okay. you were marched through the process. You it. understood the process. You we going to do this. This is this is what you do. Just like when you turn twenty one, most of us trying to get our first drink. Uh-huh. Eighteen, uh-huh. you was going to get this vote you done. You was getting that vote done. And, and and I think what we have failed to do is to we don't have those families that family unit like that is not there anymore so again now it's us talking to our nephews and our nieces and talking about the importance or you just talking about those who you have relationship with in community about the importance and maybe even marching them through the process because once you understand it and you you see what they're trying to take from you then you get more passionate about it but if you don't have anybody making it a um, priority, priority, then therefore you just you don't it, it doesn't become a priority. So you can look up in three, four or five years. Now, you've never voted and you're 25. So, again, it's for us to have conversations in community. Churches often led these kind of uh, drives to voters registration right. drives. Churches are now trying to get back into it. But again, most young people are not in church. So therefore, we got to go out to the community again. Even in our center, we have a family resource center. We can offer voters registration. We need to do what we can to make sure that people understand and then making sure that voting is convenient enough for people to get there and have access to it when they get there. Yes, it kind of takes us back to the highways and the byways. Yes. there. It's not just, it's a holistic highway and byway issue. You said being able to go out into the community because a lot of people in that 18 and 25 are not in church. Mm-hmm. And that was why, you know, I, I had the vision for the voter registration drive because I'm like, OK, so we're going to go out to the park and we're going to go where we were all raised. Mm-hmm. I'm, I could start so many places mm-hmm. with the vision that I have for mobilization. And I'm like, no, I'm starting in my hometown and then we'll take it somewhere else and then we'll pop up yes. somewhere else and we'll exactly. pop up somewhere else. But. We're going to start here and we're going to start outside the walls Mm -hmm. in the community. And then if we do it enough, people will be like, well, they just keep popping up. What are they talking about? Because three months ago they was here and it was in the, you know, in the newspaper. And then now what is this? And so we want them to become curious. And then once we have that curiosity, then we can educate. So many people are like, well, Kyla, aren't, isn't everybody already registered? Well, you're thinking that because you're registered, my ship is registered, Pastor Grange is registered, mm-hmm. like your circle. But there, if you have a circle that's all registered mm-hmm. and marching together to go to the polls, there's a circle of folks, whether you believe it or not, even in 2022, that none of them are registered. Right. When Stacey Abrams registered 200,000 people in the state of Georgia, it was in 1995. Exactly. And so she said that there were like 800,000. She discovered after her election that there were like 800,000, even in this day and time in the state of Georgia. That is every state. That's all 50. There is a large percentage of people 18 and older or about to be 18 and older that are not registered. And then there are so many of us who just don't vote and we're registered. So it's not just about registration. It's about mobilization and it's about planting that seed and believing for the increase. Because if we say it enough, if we care enough, Mm -hmm. if we pop up enough, then folks are going to start paying attention. And we're a bandwagon community a lot of times. So sometimes you can 
come on, y'all, we all going at this time. We mm-hmm. wearing our shirts. We going to vote together. The Soros, yes. Yeah, the Soros will do that in a minute. Yes. And, and to the polls. That's right. And that becomes important because guess what? Most time, if you say that, you got, well, I'm going with y'all. I'm going. So sometimes that we just got to make, do what we have to do to make it happen. And it's time for some good trouble. That's it's, right. It's, it's, That's it's right. Time. Absolutely. It's time. Um, and well, tell us a little bit about that because he came to your church. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that had to be an amazing experience. Yeah. That was, uh, again, just being able to, you've read so many times. I've read about uh, John Lewis so many times, man. And just to have him standing there and just to see him in real life form, it was just an amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. But again, it just reminded me again, so many people have done so much for our freedoms and we can't allow that work to be undone. Mm -hmm. And so that again, drives passion us taking care of each other, us making sure that we're all well. I think sometimes we look at it from a, uh, so just him being there, listening to his voice, being able to just close your eyes and hear him talk about what all his experience was, was just a life changing. It was game changing for me. And uh, it made me realize then it's time for us to get back out there and not keep looking at everything that, you know what? They'll figure it out. I'm tired of, you know, mm-hmm. being out here on the front line. But it's time for us to mobilize again and get things going. And and we it's it's needed more now than ever before. And I think a lot of it has to do, you know, Jocelyn, who partnered as well mm-hmm. um, with our event, she talks about, you know, not being apathetic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, oh, we've tried, we've done this, we've done so then what? So if I'm just going to commit to been there, done that, didn't quite work, and here we are two, four years. Do you see what I'm saying? So either you're going to try, and then it may not get the yield that you want, but then you're like, okay, so maybe a different time of day. Maybe a different flavor snow cone. Yes. Uh, maybe, you know, a different time of year. But you continue to tweak it until you find what works. Right. So we can't, um, I posted, you know, a, a while ago from President Barack Obama, mm-hmm. you, you have to be the change mm-hmm. and the time is now, mm-hmm. you know, and so we really have to, with November coming up and everything, like you said, you have a lot to gain as a people, then the flip side to that every time is you have a lot to lose. Yes. And we want to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to make sure that we're gaining because right. we've lost so much, right? As a community, as a culture, as a people, we've lost so much and people don't like to talk about, I'm a realist. I'm, I'm very black and white and um, I have very thick skin. I got that from my dad, you know, and you just have to be real about things sometimes. And, and it is what it is. And so we have to make sure that we are committed and doing what we need to do. So what would you say? So in addition to, everything that you and pastor are doing in addition to the voter piece, what do you want us doing mm-hmm. with every, with, cause you have such a unique lens mm-hmm. with your ministry yeah. and you've been doing it for so long. So you're not new to this, you true to this. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, 
in your day to day, are you looking like, man, if we could do this, mm-hmm. if I could get the community to get behind this, if we as a people could stop doing this, what do you want from us? Yeah. You know, what keeps coming to mind for me is Black Wall Street. I keep seeing it. Like, we keep uh, hearing it. I just, I, I keep that. seeing it. Uh, us owning our own institutions. And I think that that's so important because I, I look at when I, I see all the entrepreneurs, you know, I mean, you know, TikTok and Facebook exposed you to a lot of greatness. And so to me, it's so, we are so smart we're so mm-hmm. we're some so genius, creative. creative people and if we could just come together first of all some of these like sometimes when we do things even if we collaborate and start working together we're going to be so much so dope. further it's just like we can we have I, I even believe we have all the resources we, do. we need we absolutely I think we do. have everything we need in our community we just have to find a way to pull it together and pull it together so that we work together and once we start working together we're going to go further together than we're going to ever do working in silos and working in separation so if i had a request it's like you know what let's start looking for ways that you could collaborate with somebody and i'm not talking about the person that you're comfortable with but i'm talking about collaborating with anybody who has the missing piece to what you're trying to develop Absolutely. out and if we work together like that I, you know one of the examples i have is like the back to school giveaways we have a hundred of them in our community but do you know if all of us would just put five hundred dollars in to do one, one back to back to school giveaway, we could service every, every family child. in our in in our area and service them well. Mm-hmm. But because we do so many things separate, we usually end up serving the same two hundred or three hundred people over and over. And so I'm looking and I'm praying for the day when we decide that we're gonna work together. Even if we don't like each other, we're just going to work together, get this done, and then we'll go back home. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's going to be so, so important. And in this next generation, they're going to have to see us working together. I think we've been separated too long. And I think uh, even the enemy has started to use that against our children. You can't say nothing to my kids. Well, you, nobody's saying nothing to your kid has led us on another road that has not d- been very developed for us. The village approach the neighborhood so approach productive. and it still works. Mm-hmm. It still works. When we care about each other, we can do so much more together. And I'm, I'm, I believe that that is what is needed. So that's my call to action. I absolutely love that. We really do have to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I believe in as well, because there's no way that one person can do it alone and you don't know everything. What did you say? That missing piece. So you're, you're And so the piece comes together and it works beautifully if you let it, but so many people don't want to ask for help or they want to do it by themselves. Mm -hmm. But again, I am completely on board with a community backpack giveaway. Yes. That would be, it may be even if people still like next school year, Still did their individual stuff. Mm-hmm. But if we could get people to try, what'd you say? Mm-hmm. $500? Yes. Most ministries or agencies could come up with mm-hmm. 500 and just come. And so bring your tent or your table and with your table cover and just have your volunteers with their t-shirts on mm-hmm. 
and find a great facility like the JJK Center mm-hmm. or Community Life, like wherever, even if folks wanted a neutral site, yes. you know, you got to baby step people. But, yes. right. you know, exactly. find a great site and then everybody come together and just service everybody. And then yes. everybody has an opportunity to minister. Everybody has an opportunity to love and support one another. I think that is an amazing, amazing yes. idea. And that's how that's how in the old days families made it. If if one family didn't have something to eat, you they went and got it from they ate next door. Next door. And it, it just worked. That village approach is so important. And I, I'm excited. I I'm looking forward to the day we can get back to that approach. That is awesome. Well, thank you for that call to action. I'm on board. Uh yes. President Politics is on board because again, we cannot do it alone we cannot do it alone and these islands just got us out in the middle of nowhere alone right and we need to come together and be united and just do some amazing work yes thank you so much for that uh and thank you so much for coming today i am so happy that when i called you like uh yes so i'm coming and it was just amazing you have imparted so much you are doing so much um it's been over a decade now that we have known each other and literally operated in the same spaces and families and neighborhoods. And um, it's just been amazing to watch your ministry and your community organization just grow to where it is and just bless in two counties and thousands of people every year. And I will continue to bless in any way I can, partner in any way that I can, donate in any way that I can. My children will keep growing and I will keep donating. And then it just whatever I can do, just let me know because what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Will you come back? I will. And thank you so much for having us. Again, I don't take it for granted for having this opportunity. The one thing I say is that I'm the type of person usually when I sit, I sit back and I, I'm a worker. I like serving people. And so just to be in your company and your presence is an honor. And um, I often say that sometimes we're so close to greatness that we can get comfortable. And so I never like to take those opportunities for granted. So I'm sitting back here cheering from the, from the crowd and watching. And uh, again, I just thank you for the work that you've done, for being a great example of uh, success in our community and for being approachable even and being an example for other uh, women including myself to see thank, thank you, you for so your work much. that means so thank you much coming from yes. you thank it you really does and thank you so much for coming yes. today and thank you so much for tuning in today to pros and politics podcast where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact i really hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as i did Um, We will see you again next week. In the meantime, please like, love, share, and subscribe. And thank you again. Mm